0: Escape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on v the sports
1: betting network. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into the program. It is Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard. I'm your host from Las Vegas. Your other host is on East Coast out in Boston. It's Josh Applebaum. Good afternoon, Josh. Good afternoon,
2: Pritch. Happy Wednesday! Great to be with you today. It's Adam Burke Day, so I'm excited to, uh, you know, have Adam come in and give us some of his plays or what he's looking at this weekend for the NFL divisional round. We got some line moves that are happening as we speak, Pritch. Got some key numbers that are drifting off as we speak. So excited to break down these games with you today. Another big college basketball and NBA night, though, Pritch. And one of my favorite system matches we do have tonight with Alabama. LSU is ranked 13th in the country. They're 15 and two. But yet, Alabama, who's lost three straight, is favored tonight. And Alabama actually opened at a lot of shops, you know, laying around three and a half. Now they're up to around uh, four at some shops. I'm looking at Alabama on the money line, an unranked home favorite versus a ranked opponent, a fishy number. Give me Alabama,
1: Pritch, my favorite system match tonight. All right. I love how we started the show right there. Give play just right off the bat. I love that, Josh. Um, You know, (laughs) let's move on to football because uh, you talked about line movement, and here we go. According to ESPN stats and info, Mahomes has never been less than a two and a half point favorite and 37 career home starts. Uh, right now, a large money has come in on the bills. Uh, that line did drop, Josh. It was moving. I saw it go back up to two, but it did get down to minus one and a half there for Kansas City. How about that development?
2: Yeah, big development here, Pritch. So I think this is one of the uh, questions that I had for myself. Where would the public lean on? Would they lean on Patrick Mahomes, as you mentioned, never being this small of a of a favorite, and you're at home and you're coming off a blowout? How do you not lay that to with the Chiefs? Looks like an easy play. On the other hand, the Bills are looking great. They roll over the Patriots. Josh Allen is playing fantastic football right now. How do you not take the Bills getting points? So I was going into this saying, where will the public lean? It looks like they're leaning on Kansas City. Pritch Bet BetMGM, you're getting over 60% of bets on Kansas City at home. But as you mentioned, a really notable line move pretty much over the last 24 hours, uh, last night into today, where it looks like respected money is grabbing Buffalo. So this is lining up to be, you know, a public Kansas City, but a sharp kind of reverse line move here to the Bills. A lot of these shops that were two and a half were down to two. And a lot of these twos, as we speak, Pritch are coming down to one and a half. So mm-hmm. really this line is going toward Buffalo uh, and I would look at, you know, some teaser opportunities this weekend, you know, and they're were two and a half if you took them to eight and a half with the Buffalo bills, that could be worth a look, but even the two to eight or even the one and a half to seven and a half, I think at this point it's, you know, who's going to win the game when you have such a uh, small of a number here, Pritch, but I like this movement toward Buffalo. And I'm still waiting on these dogs to bark they They keep getting taken by the woodshed here, Pritch <laughs> five and one ATS to start with the favorites. Maybe we see some dogs bark, and this is a notable dog move where the line is going to Buffalo.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I don't know when it's going to end, too. I mean, we're days away from the game, Josh, and we already had this significant movement already in terms of how much money's coming in on Buffalo. We'll see what the books are going to do. But from a market insight standpoint, I mean, you're anticipating more Bills Mafia money coming in on this one, correct?
2: I am, but I would also say at one point, does Kansas city get so low that you see a lot of sharp buyback because okay. you know, if they get down to, you know, one and a half does it get to one. I mean, I don't think this gets to a pick them. I'm kind of waiting on, okay, Publix Kansas city got some sharp money here on Buffalo, but where does this line get so low that the sharps just say, man, now we got a lot of value on, you know, one and a half or one, I think an experiment to do right now, Pritch would be look at that one and a half right now, pretty much every book is going to Kansas city minus one and a half again, mm-hmm. move toward Buffalo. But how long does that one and a half stay there? Does it creep back up to two immediately? Is it juiced up like it's going to fall further? Perfect example, today, and we'll get into the Tennessee game, but some shops went to Tennessee minus four, and as soon as they got to four, they immediately got hit and went back down to three and a half. So those are the little things in terms of market movement that I look at every single move in the juice prices, not just the open uh, based on the current number.
1: Yeah, so much to break down with this game, too, when you think about Buffalo and Kansas City, Uh, so many different angles. And to think that that Mahomes trade, Uh, led to both of these two teams meeting up repeatedly for the Super Bowl, for instance. I mean, this isn't the conference championship, but my goodness, Buffalo Bills that trade, and then, okay, you get Mahomes over there in Kansas City. Uh, It led to a number of great picks in Buffalo, and then in addition uh, to that, you pick up Josh Allen along the way as well.
2: Yeah, and again, I think there's so many factors here at play, and I would also look toward the total pitch. This was one that early in the week we saw a lot, uh, and again, Sunday, Monday, into Tuesday, Uh, a lot of over money, a lot of over steam. This opened as uh, the highest total of the weekend around 53. It got steamed up all the way to 55 makes total sense. You know, both teams just scored 40 plus points. They got Mm -hmm. these high octane offenses, but I would just be a little careful because one thing we did see, if you want to bet this over, it got to 55 and every book that hit 55 went back down to 54 and a half. So maybe that was a, basically a a high total that had been steamed up really high. Maybe the 55 was your high watermark. I saw some really sharp under buyback under 55. We'll pay attention to the weather. It could be uh, maybe a little bit windy, mm-hmm. but also Pritch, you know, when you get to these totals 50 or more in the playoffs, you're pretty good to taking these unders. Again, we get into these tight games where no one wants to make a mistake. So I'd lean under 55. It's now gone. If you still find it, I'd lean under, but again, big oversteam,
1: but we just had some buyback to that under. All right. That is a high total though. If you think about these two teams that we're looking forward to a shootout. Something tells me we could get it, though, between these two teams. They're <laughs> aggressive on both sides of the ball uh, when you think about uh, Josh Allen and certainly Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and that's their DNA, too, Josh. They want to play that style of football. So we'll see what happens. Maybe we will finally get uh, that kind of a game uh, in a divisional uh, round uh, uh, playoff game in the National Football League. Let's bring in Adam Burke, who is our v daily newsletter writer, also a point spread weekly contributor, also v sports betting analyst. Adam, how are you? I'm good, Brett. How's it going today? Josh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Great to have you, Adam. And ready to talk these games? I'm sure you got some angles here. Yes, sir, he does. Cannot wait to get to that. But why would do want to get to the Vista newsletter because we are in this sweet spot of the calendar. It's just January, I get it, but the sports betting season is hot. I mean, we got the NFL playoffs, we got college hoops, conference play, NBA, NHL midpoint. What did you write up uh, today in the newsletter?
3: Yeah, there's a lot going on to say the least right now across the sports betting landscape. And the thing I wrote about today, and sometimes I choose a topic. Sometimes I look at individual games, stuff like that. But what I wrote about today was something called derivative betting, which is betting first quarters, first periods, first halves, something like that. You know, even looking for second half plays as you go along, because the, the markets are, are pretty tight right now. You know, mm-hmm. we've got a lot of sample size in the NBA, NHL, and college basketball. Obviously, the NFL playoff market is about the tightest that you see throughout the sports betting calendar. But sometimes you can find some opportunities, situational spots, scheduling things, your lineup changes that come in late, something like that that gives you the opportunity to bet a first quarter or bet a first period. I know a lot of people like to bet first period overs in the NHL. I know that's been very you know profitable over the last couple of years. So there are a lot of different things you can find that aren't just betting full game side and total. And I think people need to keep that in mind.
2: Adam, I really enjoyed your write-up today because I think you're spot on. I think as betters, especially with new states legalizing, you kind of feel like, oh, my, what are my options? Spread, money line, and total—that's it. But no, you have so many different ways to attack different numbers. Uh, maybe you have an angle of maybe a team starting hot, maybe you don't uh, not fully confident in them uh, to cash for the full game. So I, I really liked your write-up, and I highly recommend everyone to sign up for the newsletter, slash newsletter uh, But Adam, we got four games. Let's just walk through each one of them. Get your take on these games. Let's start off with the Bengals and the Titans. Really early movement looks to be on the Titans. At BetMGM, 62% of bets, 71% of money is on the Titans. They open at minus three. Looks like they got hit by some wise guys, minus three, brought it up to three and a half. Uh, mentioned earlier, some books went to four, back down to three and a half. I think Adam, to me, I'd be looking at Cincinnati in a dog spot here with uh, the hook now being available. Uh, you also look at, um, you know, betting against these teams who are coming off a bye. They tend to win these games, but they actually only cover about 45% of the time the last decade. So what's your take on this one, Adam? Is this a, if you got Titans minus three, you're feeling good, or would you look toward the dog in this spot?
3: You know, I think a lot of people are taking for granted the idea that Derrick Henry is going to come back and be Derrick Henry. You know, <laughs> he's going to pardon the pun, hit the ground running and, and be a hundred percent here. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case. And if he's not particularly sharp and efficient, Ryan Tannehill did not play well throughout most of the regular season, 21 touchdowns against 14 interceptions, just not really an impressive statistical profile for this Titans team. They've been outgained on the season from a yards per play standpoint by 0.3 yards per play. They're one of the worst rated DVOA teams that we've seen, especially as a number one seed. I don't think that the Titans are as good of a football team as their record would suggest. I don't think they're as good as some of those signature wins they got earlier in the year. And look, if you look at this team down the stretch, OK, they beat San Francisco in, on Thursday night. They got badly outgained in mm-hmm. that game. They had two turnover or the 49ers had two turnovers in that game that really changed the complexion of that one. Their games other than the 49ers Saints Texans twice Patriots Jaguars Steelers Dolphins. Not a whole lot of good offenses there. Of course, that would make their defense look pretty good. Joe Burrow and the Bengals, plenty of weapons. I think three and a half is at least a half point too high. I thought it was interesting to see it move to four out here at Westgate today and then come back down, as Josh mentioned, in the open. I just think Cincinnati is very, very live in this game. With that being said, Pritch, I talked about them last Mm -hmm. week. I thought they could lose to the Raiders or they could beat any team in the AFC. I think they're the highest variance team in the playoffs. So I'm not going to be surprised if they lose, and get, lose here and get boat raced. But I think from a line equity standpoint,
1: three and a half is the way to go with Cincinnati. Sure, especially if that line got hit right there. I mean, you think about Cincinnati too, Adam, um, and you're from Ohio. So, you know, the thing, they have not been in this situation in quite a while. Uh, this is a team that has embraced the fact uh, that they're young. Uh, and a lot of times when you're that confident, uh, that can cer- certainly be a benefit. So going against the Titans, I mean, do you think the Titans feel any type of pressure uh, with this game right here against Cincinnati?
3: I think so. Absolutely. I mean, when you're the number one seed, you have expectations. And for the Bengals last week, you know, they got that two decade long playoff monkey off of their backs. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they feel like they're going out there with house money and they're free rolling because obviously, you know, they're not content to just win that one playoff game. But it does definitely take a little bit of weight off of their shoulders. Whereas I think the Titans, as you said, you know, have a
1: lot of expectations and, you know, have a lot of weight on their shoulders. Absolutely. And number one seed too, uh, having an outstanding season. We'll see what happens as we get closer and closer to that kickoff. Uh, It's never too early to prepare for the big game. And we want to make sure v is a part of your plans. Uh, We'll be with you throughout the playoffs. And then through on championship weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on v leading up to our sixth annual Live Big Game Betcast It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join VSEN betting experts before, during, and after the, ac- the action all on VSEN.com. We're going to continue with Adam Burke in studio because we got more games to break down, too. I want to get back to that derivative <laughs> uh, angle because I want to talk to you about alternate lines. Okay, because we might have some opportunities, especially with the Bengals and the Titans, the line movement right there. So a lot to get to, Josh, right here on the program Betting Across America on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Network. NFL playoff season is here and it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID, open an account, and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sports, whatever your betting style, you're going to love the technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit Bedham for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 years old and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel that you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you today, and so is Adam Burke, v Sports Betting Analyst, v Newsletter Writer, also Point Spread Weekly Contributor. So we were talking about derivative betting, certainly at this time of year. It's probably going to be profitable for you. can be for sure. Uh, I'm looking at alternate lines, and then I feel like as a former player, I have an advantage with in-game betting, and I use that to to cast some tickets this year. So do you have a preference or do you have uh, any advice in terms of alternate? Because I think it's the same thing, alternate lines versus uh, in-game betting.
3: You know, I think the one big thing about alternate lines is you can get the plus money prices in the pregame. Mm -hmm. You know, when you talk about live betting, you're going to get whatever the line is that's out there, and it's going to be minus 110, minus 115, you know, whatever the the usual vig is going to be. With the alternate lines, you do get yourself those plus money prices. I think in a week like this, it's very challenging because, you know, we're talking about – You would think, in theory, the eight best teams left in the NFL. You know, last week you had some teams that had no business being in the playoffs and they got run off the field, as you would expect. So I think alternate lines would have been good last week. I'm not so sure as we go forward here, but certainly during the regular season where you've got you know different interest levels, some teams maybe not as engaged, maybe a game doesn't mean as much. I think alternate lines can be profitable at that point in time.
2: Adam, let's go to that primetime game Saturday night. Just keep going through all these games. San Francisco, Green Bay. We all know San Fran was the only dog to bark in that wild card round, winning outright at the Cowboys. Thank you, Cowboys, for uh, not knowing that. You need over 16 seconds to run a play and clock it there. But anyway, they're going to Green Bay. You saw an early move toward Green Bay. Green Bay is the most lopsided play of the weekend right now at BetMGM. Almost 80% of bets. Just saying, give me Aaron Rodgers at home. Cold Lambeau playoffs. Easy spot. Four and a half all the way now to Six. Now that we're at six here, Adam, I'm wondering if you have any interest in San Fran. You have a lot of good systems here on uh, both Shanahan as a dog and Jimmy G as a dog. And you're kind of looking at this spot where in the divisional round, uh, dogs do cash 59% of the time. I know no one wants to hear that after favorites have done so well in the opening round. But what's interesting is uh, also in a teaser spot, I, I think Packers, you know, six down to we'll pick them, is probably going to be the most popular teaser Divisional round favorites win these games 65% of the time straight up, not worrying about the spread, but the dogs do cover close to 60%. So how do you break this one down, Adam? Are you waiting on the injury report for Warner and Bosa? Do you have an angle here? you want to tease down the Packers? Do you like San Fran and the points? What's your take on this matchup?
3: You know, first of all, I I certainly understand the line going up, especially with the concern about Jimmy Garoppolo, not just the thumb, but now also the shoulder that he apparently injured in that game against the Cowboys. And, you know, Pritch and I, we were actually talking about it last week with regards to how hard it is to grip a cold football, you know, and that's something I would very much worry about with Jimmy G and that thumb issue, because he said that grip was a problem in practice leading up to the playoffs. But instead of taking the Packers minus six, which I think is a little bit rich of a number, I'm looking to play the under in this game. And that's kind of my way to fade the 49ers, fade Jimmy Garoppolo, but also fade a Packers offense that I think is a little bit overrated. You know, look, they, for the most part throughout the season, they were about middle of the pack, slightly above average in terms of yards per play. That changed late in the year as some other teams kind of faltered a little bit. So I don't think this offense is all that explosive, despite the presence of Aaron Rodgers. You had a team in the Packers that was 10th in points scored during the regular season. They don't turn the football over. They've got Aaron Rodgers. How do they finish 10th in points scored? You know, this is just not the most efficient of offenses in my mind. The 49ers were 13th in points scored despite being tied with the Buccaneers for the league lead in yards per play. So they didn't fully cash in on a lot of the yardage that they got. So I think this is a game where you factor in the cold, you factor in the concerns about Garoppolo, maybe a little bit of rust for Aaron Rodgers. I think the under 47 is the play here.
1: You you have the familiarity aspect to this game as well. I mean, the floor, Uh, And Shanahan, they run the same systems. Uh, Like Green Bay, will they be able to stop the run? Well, they practice against that scheme each and every day, you know, in training camp, uh, going up against that wide zone rushing scheme. Now, San Francisco has their version of it for sure, but they've met each other too over time. And uh, I like that under situation, to be honest with you. Not not from an efficiency standpoint, because I think Green Bay needs to let Aaron Rodgers be Aaron Rodgers in this one, but – The familiarity aspect, for sure, uh, I think brings that under in play as well.
3: Yeah, I think it's an excellent point, and that's the perspective that you can provide. You know, having played, knowing what these schemes look like, knowing the familiarity between coaches and coordinators, that's an excellent point. And also, too, I understand that the first game, you know, went over, but we had some points at the end of that game. You know, it was kind of trending towards the under for a while there, and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden there was kind of an offensive explosion. But that point about familiarity, I think, is really, really important to make.
2: Adam, and to your point with that Green Bay uh, San Fran total, I uh, did see some of those books, 47 and a half down to 47, and it's going to be cold. But you know that that doesn't really affect totals too much. It's really the wind. You did get an increase in wind forecast here up to around 12 mile an hour at Lambeau. So I'm kind of leaning with you. I might tell you on that one. <laughs> Let's go to the next game, Rams and Tampa Bay here, Adam. This one is fascinating to me because uh, you open with the key number of three Tampa Bay favored by three. And it, I I thought it'd be, and it kind of is just a, you know, don't think about it, lay the points with Brady, but you are getting looks like some respected money on the Rams here. All these plus threes have stayed exactly where they are. So kind of line freeze action despite public on the bucks. And actually the threes are juiced up toward the Rams at a lot of shops. Like it may go down to two and a half. So uh, bucks would have a one day rest advantage. You know, Rams are kind of on a short week here. We know it's never, uh, never a good idea to bet against the goat, but are you interested in Rams plus three here, Adam, or maybe, you know, bucks money line, just win the game here with Brady.
3: Well, it won't make for good radio. Unfortunately, we could save some time on this game, so we could talk a little bit more about that Bills and Chiefs game. But (laughs) the reality of this game is I cannot do anything until I know what that offensive line situation looks like for Tampa Bay. Is Ryan Jensen able to go? I think he'll play. How effective he'll be, I don't know. Tristan Wirfs obviously looks like more of a long shot for this game. When you talk about facing Aaron Donald, who's probably the best ever at his position at this point in time, and a guy like Von Miller and the fact that – you know, you've got guys that can actually limit the separation that the Buccaneers wide receivers can get. That offensive line is going to have to give Tom Brady time to throw. So I think if you wanted to make a speculative play on the Rams, thinking that those offensive linemen maybe aren't able to go or aren't as effective, that's a possibility. But to me, I cannot do anything with side or total in this game until I know what that injury situation looks like for the Bucs.
1: Yeah, good advice right there, too. I'm going to be looking at props a little bit later on in the week as we get closer and closer to kickoff. Uh, you know, Tom Brady's going to distribute the football. Uh, it's not like the Rams are going to just completely shut him down like the Saints did. Uh, now, uh, that gets interesting, though, from a prop standpoint. I'm not, I'm with you on side and total right now. I, I do want more information on this game, uh, but certainly. Uh, This is another one, though, that sets up to be uh, a a prop player's dream, if you know what I mean on this one.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and something to that point I think is really important is a lot of people are going to want to bet overs Mm -hmm. with all the receivers and with Leonard Fournette coming back and all that. But like you said, Brady distributes the football. And if he's under duress, which is a certain possibility here, he's going to find whatever his hot read is, whatever he thinks is the right move to make. That probably leads to distributing the football a ton. So even though maybe you could say Mike Evans has a big game or something like that maybe you want to look at some of the unders with the premier guys for mm-hmm. the box expecting you know a Grayson or somebody else to kind of you know really have an impact just because of the game state and the way the game's playing out
2: All right, Adam, let's give you the floor. Let's get to the big boy matchup here tonight. (laughs) 6.30 p.m., Buffalo, Kansas City. Remember, the Bills did go into Arrowhead and win that game. Was it 38-20? Kind of rolled them. Uh, There's that weird lightning game, but they got it done. Uh, It was really fascinating to me, this move today, Adam, down toward Buffalo. I woke up, a lot of these books were 2.5 or 2. Now we're down to 1.5. I think it's going to be really fascinating where do you see Chiefs buyback? Now this line is so low. How do you not take Mahomes at almost a pick them price versus bills getting points? How do you not? How do you uh, pass that up? So what's your take here, Adam? I'll give you the floor. Who do you got in any lean here on the total?
3: Well, the only thing I'm really hoping for in this game is a good game. Cause I mean, this one obviously mm-hmm. has all the makings of it. It certainly profiles as, as being, you know, probably the top game of the weekend, maybe the game of the year in the NFL. Hopefully it winds up playing out that way. The Bills had 8.1 yards per play in the first meeting. So I know a lot of it was about Patrick Mahomes and the turnovers, and he had the pick six, and there was the lightning. It was a very strange game. But the Bills moved the football with great efficiency in that one. And now that Josh Allen's running around a little bit more, I think that helps the efficiency level of their offense. That said, we are talking about a historical outlier here with the line so cheap for Mahomes. That is something I think you do have to take into consideration of, are the Chiefs being disrespected too much in this game? For me, I think I'm going to attack it from a player prop standpoint, as Pritch mentioned in the previous game. I think that'll be the way to do it because this could be a last team with the ball wins. This could be a special team's blunder that decides the game. This could be simply about red zone efficiency and which team is better when they get into those scoring areas. Very tight game, very high variance game. One thing I want to mention very quickly here, this is not a good teaser candidate. I know you can take the bills up from plus two to plus eight. That's going to look really attractive. This is a high-scoring, high-variance kind of environment where going up from 2 to 8 isn't quite as equitable because there are a lot of ways that this game could play out. So I know people are going to want to tease the Bills and the Packers. I think that's a very dangerous proposition this week. I'd stay away from it. How
1: about that? Great advice, Adam Burke uh, in studio. You can follow Adam on Twitter, at uh, Skating Tripods. Again, the v Daily Daily Newsletter, you got to get that as well as Point Spread Weekly. Great job, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Always great to be here. Always great to have you right there, Adam Burke in studio. That's always informational uh, from a lot of different angles that you don't consider normally. Uh, Coming up next on the program, though, we still have some more breakdowns we're going to get to uh, when it comes to divisional round playoffs in the National Football League. That's coming up next right here on v the Sports Ready Network.
0: America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on v
1: the sports betting network. This segment of betting across America is brought to you by Zen nicotine pouches, fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen nicotine pouches are smoke-free, spit-free and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, winter green, citrus, and many more. Each variety comes in two strengths, So you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, which is America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head over to Zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's ZYN.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to the program. It's betting across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you. So, Josh, we've been exploring the uh, new head coach coaches market in the National Football League. Who's going to be the next head coach where, right? Um, some of it's been held up because of GMs, the search right there. We've had some movement here, though, lately. Uh, so far, we've discussed the Giants, the Bears, and the Vikings. Uh, taking a look at the Jaguars, but the movement I want to highlight is Ryan Poles, he's in the organization with – Kansas City. He's 36 years old. He's got a second interview. He had one with the Giants. So did um, Joe Shane, the assistant uh, GM with Buffalo. Uh, It's fascinating because those two two teams are about to meet, but they got the second interview. So as we look at these coaches with the Jacksonville Jaguars, think about those two names and who they're with and and certainly their travels. And and so, okay, what's going to land in? who's going to land in Jacksonville? Bill O'Brien plus 200? Uh, Leftwich, plus 300, makes a lot of sense, of course. Caldwell, plus 600. Bevel, plus 600. I think Bevel was OC there. Uh, And then Peterson is just jumping around the map. (laughs) He's at plus 700 (laughs) for Jacksonville.
2: Yeah. So Pritch one, uh, I think you're totally right. You know, keep an eye on those assistants. You're always looking in the NFL, you know, the next wave your next. I know Staley's kind of taken hit with his really big emphasis and maybe overemphasis on analytics, but your next McVay, your next Lafleur, your next young guy, I think that's definitely appealing to some GMs, uh, you know, to hire their next coach. One name I'll throw at you, Pritch. I know we have O'Brien left, which makes sense. He used to be the coach there or used to be the quarterback there. He's gotten a lot of, uh, you know, good resume building uh, work with Tom Brady, obviously, but Jim Caldwell, Pritch, I want to get your take on Jim Caldwell because mm-hmm. I think if you're the Jaguars, what do you need to do? Obviously, you want to win games, but to turn this program around, I think you need some respectability, some professionalism. I think you got to get back to the basics. And one guy that jumped out to me is Caldwell. Yeah. Well, if you look at his record, pretty good record. You know, He's been out of the, the league here for a bit. But what jumped out to me is you know, John Ewing at BetMGM gave us this date about a week ago. So now we can compare a week ago's numbers to today's numbers. And I'm looking a week ago, Pritch, Jim Caldwell was plus 3,000. He is now at this point, plus 600, that's a big move in his favor. So that's kind of a name that, you know, I know it's the third best odds here. But uh, he is getting, at this time, a week ago, he was a guy who was getting, I think he was getting only 16% of bets, but almost 30% of money. And now he's made a huge, huge leap up here. So I don't know if it'll be Caldwell, but that's the name that jumped out to me that over the past week has really gotten steamed up. What's your take on Caldwell, Pritch? Could
1: he work here in Jacksonville? I think he could. I mean, credibility, that's what Jacksonville needs, and Caldwell will bring that for sure. He will show those young players how to be pros, unlike Urban Meyer. I mean, Urban Meyer had no clue how to be a pro. We, We found that out quickly. Um, But that's what – I mean, they have talent down there in Jacksonville. You can't question that at all. Uh, And so if you're trying to sync up with the GM currently, uh, okay, keep on the same path that they've started. Uh, Caldwell will bring that kind of credibility to those players for sure, plus 600. Doug Peterson, I mean, from a retread standpoint, that's not a bad choice, though, uh, if you ask me, and and you factor in that quarterback too. With the playbook that Peterson has, I, I think Trevor Lawrence would enjoy that.
2: Yeah, and I think that's kind of what you're looking at too, Pritch. Not just a credibility, let's dig ourselves out of this ditch, let's get rid of all the bad publicity that we dealt with over the past year. But really, you know, you put all this stock into Trevor Lawrence, and I, I think more teams should do this, but building around, obviously, your star quarterback, you're going to go as far as Trevor Lawrence is going to take you, and you don't want to waste the young years of his career uh, being this dumpster fire that we've been used to over the past few years. Hmm. So, you know, building up your offensive line. I did see, Pritch, there's some, uh, by the way, some some new uh, prop bets or, uh, you know, draft, mock drafts out there where there's a big offensive tackle, Okemu or Weknu from, I think, NC State, who's now getting run to maybe go first overall. Uh, I was thinking it was going to be Hutchinson or Thibodeau, but something to keep an eye out for. If you're Jacksonville and you're taking over, do you build that line around Lawrence? Do you get him more weapons? You know, you're going to get ETN coming back. But again, I think a guy like Caldwell with a big move here could be
1: worth a look. Okay, let's take a look at the Dolphins. Because on the board for the Dolphins, we have uh, Dayball at plus 300. Like, he's the favorite for a lot of locations here. Uh, Eric Biennemi, plus 500. Uh, for the Dolphins, Doug Peterson, again, plus 550 right there for the Dolphins. Byron Leftwich, the same names right here, uh, plus 800. Kellen Moore up there ahead of Lefwich, uh plus 600. So I mentioned Joe Shane, assistant GM for Buffalo. He is going to be named a GM somewhere. Uh, this guy is dynamic, and a lot of people like him, Josh. Now, you can connect the dots with Brian Dable but Miami hasn't reached out to Joe Shane from what I gather. I mean, Shane has been reached out, by, uh, uh, been in touch with the Giants twice. Uh, and I mentioned Ryan Poles, too, who's just 36 but understands the process that's going on in Kansas City, their draft process, and also evaluation of player personnel process. Just at 36, he's got a second interview uh, already. So that bodes well for Eric bien if you think about it. But they don't need a GM down there, certainly, for Miami. But in terms of being enemy becoming a head coach somewhere, I'm just linking up those two names. So to me, I, I would remove, uh, unless Dayball has other plans and wants to go away from Joe Shane. Uh, I mean, Dayball at plus 300, I would look further down the list here for the Dolphins.
2: Yeah, so Dayball, you know, he hasn't really moved at all in terms of a week ago to now. You know, he's still the favorite here at plus 300. But you did have a really good bet split. Again, these numbers probably changed over the last week. But in last week, he was only getting 8% of bets, but 45% of money. That was telling you some big wagers were on Dayball here. But again, there are coaches like Dayball and Flores that we see on the top of a lot of different lists, mm-hmm. Pritch. So you're kind of playing not only who you think is, you know, uh, who they're going to hire and who the favorite is, but is he the favorite here, but he decides to go in another direction in a different team. That's something you got to keep an eye out for, too. The one thing with the enemy, Pritch, to your point, uh, long overdue, I think that he should get a shot in the NFL. But also, if you're the Dolphins and you want to build around Tua, you know, and again, different perceptions of, Do you want to build around Tua? Do you want to go in a different direction? I think if you're taking over this job, you have to have a belief in Tua, and you got to be able to take him to the next level. So a guy like Bienemy, who's got a lot of experience, you know, winning a Super Bowl, working with Patrick Mahomes, that kind of makes sense. I just think with the Dolphins, I think you go offense, whether it's Dayball, whether it's Bienemy. I think that's kind of the direction that you're heading, wanting to get the most out of Tua in his
1: career. Yeah, I mean Peterson is climbing the ladder here, though. Uh, I mean he wouldn't be (laughs) bad down there with Tua either. Again, he's got a great playbook. He does. I was just, you know, if, if you're thinking. Thinking about coaches or, or GMs and, and, and GMs picking their coaches, uh, those two names, whether Poles gets the job this year or not, uh, certainly he's in the mix. But I expect Joe Shane, uh, the assistant GM for Buffalo to land somewhere, though, this year, whether Chicago, the Giants somewhere this year.
2: Yeah, and I think the further you see uh, the Bills go, like, let's say the Bills, again, line movement in their direction here today uh, in a big way, you know, going from two and a half, two down to one and a half. Let's say they beat the Chiefs. Let's say maybe they make it to the Super Bowl. I know this is, you know, maybe unlikely to happen, but it could happen. I think the run on all these assistants and kind of the love, uh, you know, we talked about Leslie Frazier being an option, Mm -hmm. maybe in in the Vikings or obviously Dayballs at the top of every list we see. I think the further the Bills go in the playoffs, the more impressive they become, the more these Bills candidates and assistant coaches will probably shoot up these boards.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Ken Norton, Jr., fired out defense coordinator out there with Seattle. Expect Ed Donatel, I would believe. Uh, He's worked with Pete Carroll before. He used to be the defense coordinator out there in Denver. Uh, That makes a lot of sense uh, moving forward for Seattle. Uh, But then also the news about Derrick Henry. Let's get to that real quick, though, Josh, because he practiced with contact. Now, (laughs) I mean, practice right now in the playoffs with contact, Put that in perspective right now, right? I mean, uh, he had the foot surgery, the amount of carries he could get in this game against Cincinnati. Are you trying to anticipate the workload for Derrick Henry?
2: Yeah, I think it's kind of tough, Pritch again, coming off a big injury, uh, you know, the train leaving the station and everyone going hundred miles an hour, uh, whereas you were, uh, you know, left of the station, you got to rev it back up at a really difficult time here when the pressure is, is amplified the most, I think Henry is probably going to be one of the most popular prop bets for the public this weekend. Mm-hmm. You see the name Henry, you remember him running over guys and putting up these incredible numbers and rushing for 200 yards a game. I just wouldn't be so quick to bet on those prop bets. If anything, you know, uh, going from zero to hundred here, I would look at maybe going the other way, maybe taking some of these Derrick Henry unders, Um, I think your plan would be, again, if he can contribute you give him 25 carries in this game? No, but can he give you 10 to 15 and your other running backs who have kind of taken his spot have done pretty well in general. Um, but you do want to keep the ball out of Burrow's hands. And again, uh, if you want to control this game, which is what Vrabel wants to do, I think you're going to see uh, a sprinkling of Henry, but I don't expect a, you know, 25 carries 125 yards. Maybe he'll surprise me. He's a great player, but Pritch in your experience, mm-hmm. great players off big layoffs. You know, is that really a, can we expect a ton out of Henry here? If anything, I think we should slow our roll a little bit.
1: Well, I mean, as far as production, as hard to gauge what he could produce Uh, he could break loose on one play to be honest with you josh he's that good right (laughs) Um, but in terms of a game plan which we're going to have a deep dive or deeper dive with the game plans on thursday and friday for sure but his presence on the field is going to allow tennessee to implement their master plan that they had all year anyway, which would be uh, for teams to load up the box. You think about the Bengals or D-lines injury situation. Uh, Okay, now if you load up the box to stop Henry or prevent Henry in any way, now we got the one-on-ones on the outside, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. So the presence of Henry just on the field will help out Tennessee Titans perhaps be more explosive in this football game.
2: That's a really smart move by you, Pritch, because, again, we talk about public-loving Henry, but maybe it's decoy-ish type situation where you target these wide receivers. Great point by you.
1: Yeah, there's always decoy, especially right now, because teams are locked in on what you've done all year long, trying to find edges or certainly look into your tendencies uh, as your opponent. Uh, Coming up next on the program, we finally get here, Josh, our scouting report on the Green Bay Packers It's coming up next. MGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Just place a $10 Moneyline wager on any game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Plus, you will earn M life rewards that can be redeemed for rooms and dining at any MGM resort. Just use bonus code VSEN200 when you make your first bet. But MGM is a proud Uh, is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use bonus code VSEN200 to win $200 uh, in free bets if a game you wager on uh, has a three-pointer. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. It's new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-GAMBLER you feel that you have a gambling problem, promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Welcome back to the program. It's betting across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you. So Josh, our scouting report on the green Bay Packers. I had a lot of fun doing this one, to be honest with you, because when you think about the strengths of a football team, that's gone three years in a row, winning 13 games, there's a lot of them, right? Um, but just examining Aaron Rogers, uh, his football IQ is just off the charts. Like Green Bay has a coach on the field, and a lot of people don't realize that, and that's why they get to uh, what they get to offensively and the success that they have on the field. Arm talent, A-plus, pocket manipulation, A-plus-plus. But executing a quarterback position uh, with that football IQ uh, is A-plus-plus for Aaron Rodgers. His (laughs) intellect, I mean, seriously, you cannot disguise anything. You cannot fool him out there. Uh, 37 touchdowns, four INTs this year. Uh, highly efficient quarterback. He scrambles around. He makes plays outside the pocket as well, but he breaks you down. He moves guys around uh, with formations. Uh, He gets to certain plays at the line of scrimmage. If you show him something defensively, it is something that you cannot defend. He makes you have a, a guessing game as a defensive coordinator out there.
2: He really does, Pritch. And you know, update here. A lot of these markets are probably closed, but I did see Rogers uh, one update minus 500 to win the MVP. So mm-hmm. uh, that market that was kind of Brady versus Rogers. Brady was in the lead for much of the year. Rogers turned it on late. Looks like he's going to get the MVP. Look at him from a betting angle, Pritch. Green Bay was great to bet on this year. They had the best record, 13 and 4, tied with the Bucks, but they were 12 and 5 against the spread. So they covered quite a few numbers here. Uh, to me, I, I really and I think Adam made a really good point earlier. Waiting on injury reports and figuring out you know these teams with issues. Issues or question marks will they be able to play? Because I think on the one hand, I see a lot of value in the 49ers in this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know you're kind of a a rested Packers team ready to go. It's Lambeau. They have all these advantages, but it's not like, you know, playing Jared Goff and the Rams coming to Lambeau last year. You're playing, you know, Jimmy G. Hopefully he's healthy if you're going to bet on the Niners, but a good innovative coach like Shanahan, this isn't a holdover, you know, young team, you know, isn't surprised to be there. It's a team that went to the Super Bowl just a couple of years ago. So from that angle, if you do have Jimmy G healthy, let's say Bosa and Warner can play, Okay. I think the six is a great number here with the 49ers. Uh, again, going into the divisional round, you didn't see it in the wild card round, but divisional round dogs, 59% against the spread the last decade. So I think on the one hand, I'd be looking at the points here. Mm-hmm. The other hand though, and I know Adam uh, had a really good, you know, public service announcement. Be careful with your teasers, right? But I can't argue too much with taking the Packers down to a pick on pitch, especially if you do see some of these injuries to, to Jimmy G or these other players. Maybe they're, maybe they're hobbled. Maybe they're banged up. Uh, I expect them all to probably play as long as they're, you know, breathing and upright. (laughs) Um, But Pritch, you do look at uh, these divisional round favorites straight up. So, again, you're actually not making any money off these because a lot of these are, you know, big money line prices. But just in terms of how often they win these games, last decade, divisional round favorites win these games 65 percent of the time. So every two out of three of these divisional round favorites end up winning outright. So I think it's going to be a popular teaser. Uh, I just, the one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to lay the six with green Bay. you missed the word, the best of the number. You're getting the worst of it. Now you could have gotten a four and a half. Let's see the next move. Pritch. Does this tick up to six and a half? That's probably an indication that maybe these uh, banged up guys maybe won't play. Uh, Does it get down to five and a half? There was an inkling yesterday where some box, some shops looked like they were going down to five and a half Mm -hmm. and it quickly went back up to six. So I think anyone, you know, looking at green Bay kind of just laser focused on anything below the key number hitting green Bay. We'll see the next move. Eileen spread 49ers, and I really can't fault anyone
1: teasing Green Bay down. Okay, Green Bay also undefeated at home. I believe the only team in the National Football League this year that was undefeated at home uh, right there. Now, the weakness for Green Bay Packers, obviously the rushing defense, and I'm not meaning uh, yards per game. I'm talking about rushing yards per attempt. Uh, They're yielding 4.7 yards per attempt. Uh, and we know how effective uh, San Francisco is rushing the football. So, so when you look at the total yards, because we have DVOA on here as well, um, to me, 28th rush defense DVOA. So I looked at the, uh, rushing defense in situations uh, for Green Bay. Not a lot of attempts, though. Uh, defense is ranked fourth in the fewest rushing attempts, and that's because primarily because of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and certainly you get teams out of your game plan, whether you want to run the football or not. You're just not sticking with the run. Against Green Bay, whereas we know San Francisco will stick with the run, especially if Green Bay has given up 4.7 rushing yards per game per attempt uh, when it comes to stopping the run this year.
2: Yeah, Pritch, this is why I love working with you. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think if you're San Fran and if you want to take the points here, that's your ticket to covering this number. The fact that San Fran is innovative on offense and really is great at running the ball, uh, not only with obviously Mitchell but Debo Samuel. I mean, how impressive is it, Pritch? You as a wide receiver, mm-hmm. Pritch What if they asked you to line up at running back and run ten times a game? I know you'd be.
1: I know you'd do it. Oh, I could do and it. You probably. I was uh, that. I was five... Debo. I was Debo yeah, before they're... Debo.
2: <laughs> so he's got to throw you some juice your way because you were the you were the trailblazers there for uh, for those running <laughs> backs uh, who are really wide receivers. But uh, all jokes aside, that's your ticket. I think continuing to stick to the run, you get down seven nothing. Not saying oh let's abandon the game plan, just air it out. Right. Stick with that. I think that's your ticket there. And I would say too, Pritch. I did just see one shop uh, DraftKings in New Jersey just the total fell to 46 and a half. So I don't know if Adam Burke caused some steam in Jersey with his <laughs> underling there, right? uh, but a lot of these books were 47 and a half down to 47, a 46 and a half just popped up. You have almost 80% of bets on the over. You see this anytime, you know, you see a game with Rogers just, you know, he's going to score 40, take the mm-hmm. over, but it's a little bit windy. Uh, we do know that these unders, the only good thing for contrarian betters is this playoff so far is that unders are four and two. So maybe you look at that under, maybe you want to tease it up and, and, and get a better number here, but uh, that under kind of looks sharper to
1: me. And I, I think I'm going to tail at him on that part. All right. And then the last one, X factor I thought about Mason Crosby as the X factor uh, because the guy has been shaky <laughs> kicking field goals here this year, but I'm going to go with Matt LaFleur. He's got to stay aggressive. I'm not talking about Brandon Staley level of aggressiveness, but I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers, perhaps for the last time, the last dance kind of thing, right? Uh, you have to go with the pedal to the metal philosophy in this one. Do not even invite San Francisco a chance to get back into this one. We've seen that from time to time from LaFleur, where he takes the, the foot off the gas, if you will, uh, and therefore Green Bay Coast to victory. You have to develop that killer instinct, that mindset that's going to propel you to the to the Super Bowl, not just to the NFC Championship. We've seen LaFleur do that. He's gotten to the NFC Championship, but in order to get to that next level or get to over over this hurdle uh, and get to the Super Bowl, he's got to have that aggressive mindset.
2: I think you're right on again, Pritch, because remember last year's game, didn't he? Remember, wasn't the game he got all the criticism for uh, for kicking the field goal and not going for it on that fourth and two? And mm. I think Brady was kind of laughing and saying, yeah, we won because they should have gone for it and they probably <laughs> would have picked it up. So uh, I think as a younger coach who's got a great win-loss record here, uh, I think probably the best start to any NFL coach in his career. But um, does he think back to last year? Does he say, hey, you know, I missed some opportunities. I got to be bold. I got to be aggressive. Does he become over-aggressive trying to make up for something last year? does he get in his own head I like LaFleur he's obviously you can't argue with the record but again you know we could put a lot of people in that spot with Aaron Rodgers and they'd, they'd have a winning record so the yeah. jury's still out on the floor great record but you got to prove it to me in crunch time right
1: 13 and 3 come on three years in a row <laughs> Uh, You got to get to a Super Bowl championship for sure with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, But then also don't get too crazy, though. Don't overdo it. Don't go stay on us and be too aggressive. But I I like I like that uh, scouting report right there. We'll see uh, if Green Bay implements that one. Let's get to the NBA because that's uh, the feature on your Market Insights podcast. Josh, what do you have?
2: Yeah. A lot of hoops tonight, NBA in college. I will just mention, if you're not following Jimmy Vaccaro on Twitter, you got to do it. He just tweeted out that they took in a $55,000 bet on the bucks minus two and a half print. Mm. So we were talking about, you know, some money on the plus three with the Rams there. Uh, South point's got to be the only book who got down to two and a half. Cause I don't see any other two and halfs out there, but as soon as they got it, Big money there on a $55,000 bet, Brady minus two and a half. Just wanted to add that wow. in before we end the, end the show, Pritch. Um, but NBA, let's start with NBA. Uh, one game that really caught my eye, uh, Cleveland Caval- Cavaliers here, Pritch. They're on the road at the Chicago Bulls. I money line the Cavs. They open as around a two-point favorite. They've been bet up to minus three. And you're saying, really? The Bulls were a great team this year. You know, how can you lay the points with the Cavs on the road? This isn't the same Bulls team that's off to this great record. They have a lot of injured guys, banged-up guys. Zach Levine could be out for a while. Alonzo Ball's still out. Jones is out. Um, and for that, you also look at... Cleveland, they've been great on the road this year. Uh, they've been great as a doll, as a favorite, a short favorite this year. They have one of the best ATS records as a road team. Uh, they've won five straight. Chicago is spiraling. I'll take the Cavs here on the money line minus one fifty. Then real quick, Pritch in college, still loving Alabama. A fishy unranked home favorite versus ranked opponent. Why are they favored when LSU is the better team, better record? But also keep an eye on Iowa uh, tonight, Pritch. Iowa opened minus 2.5 on the road at Rutgers. They're up to minus 3.5, and, and everyone seems to be grabbing the points with Rutgers, yet this line keeps going to Iowa. So I money-lined Iowa around minus 160. Ken Palm's got them winning by 5. They're a much better shooting team, 48% from the field versus 43. So I'm on Iowa on the spot. All right, Duke was upset last
1: night. Fans storming the court. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great sight to see all the time, right? Cannot wait for that big month coming up in March. Great job today. Looking forward to it. Appreciate
2: ab- it, Pritch. Ab- Good luck tonight. Good
1: luck to you as well. That'll do it for us. The Edge coming up next right here on v the Sports Ready Network.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's
1: biggest paranormal podcast
0: is going on a
1: road trip. I thought...